0: Welcome to Good Returns TV. With me this morning we have John Berry from uh, Pathfinder. John, Chief Executive and Co-Founder, welcome. Thank you, Phil. It's yeah, nice you. to have you here. So tell me, you started Pathfinder back in 2010 and focused on ethical investing. And how do you how's that whole world changed in that uh, um, what is world it? 13 changed years? A lot. Yeah. The world has
1: changed a lot. So we actually we set up in 2009, yeah. set up Pathfinder. Um, our first ethical fund was launched a year later, which was 2010, which was the Global Water Fund. Um, back then, discussions around climate change and even the world's water crisis um, were kind of fringe in the sense that it, it, it didn't really resonate with advisors, um, didn't really resonate with investors. It was a struggle to um, to raise in both interest and um, yeah. money into the fund.
0: So it was quite a bold move to launch at that time.
1: Yeah, well, it was. It was you know, GFC, the um, yeah. fallout from the GFC oh, yeah. was um, still resonating through markets. Um, so it was an interesting time to set up a new financial services business. Hmm. Um, but I think, you know, over, over time there has been a significant shift in the last decade with the approach of both investors and advisors towards hmm. ethical investment, responsible investment.
0: So, so tell me, how have um, advisors changed their views about ethical investing and responsible investing? You know, because if you go back, you know, 12 years ago, it didn't really register with them.
1: Yeah, and look, we we even had one advisor who said to us, you know, your your fund is just for nutcase tree hugging greenies. Um, <laughs> so it, it was um regarded as quite quite out there at the time. It's now quite mainstream. Yeah. And a lot of that I think has been driven by um consumers. Mm-hmm. So, you know, twenty sixteen, two thousand seventeen, everyone found in their Kiwi Saver they had um nuclear weapons, cluster munitions, um, you know, stuff they didn't want in there and, and that drove an awareness that it was possible to invest in line with your needs. So audience. so
0: because that came about through some mainstream media reporting, Correct. didn't it? some yep. research which was done. Was that a game changer for the RI space?
1: I think it, it was a it was a landmark moment in the sense yeah. that it raised awareness of the discussion. But at that point the discussion really just started and stopped at what do I want to avoid? Yeah. And and you know, from our perspective it's really important to be clear on what your value set is or what you want to avoid, mm. but you're not going to change the world or have an impact on the world just by avoiding stuff. So it's a very slow way to change the world. So the more important focus is where do I actually put the money? So,
0: and, and so so would you say that now um, ethical investing is sort of mainstream?
1: I would say, um, and, and I don't want to sort of dwell on terms because there's so many different terms used in the market and no one knows, uh, you know, there's no set de- definition of all of them. I'd say responsible investing is absolutely mainstream. Responsible investing being I will use a long-term lens for looking at an analysis of a company or a sector. Mm. And therefore, something like climate change is important to me because it is a risk over the long term for the company. So responsible investing um, is essentially saying, I'm going to use these environmental, social and governance metrics to manage risk and Mm. make more money for my investors. Whereas I focus, we focus at Pathfinder on ethical investing, which is actually going a step further and is also putting a values-based lens on it.
0: So so that's one of the questions which is always interesting is, you know, we could call it responsible investing, we could call it ESG and we could call it ethical. Are they all interchangeable or do you think they've got separate meanings?
1: Um they have definitely have separate meanings. Unfortunately, um different countries and different people within our market, you know, um Use, different, use the terms differently. Yeah. Um, ESG is essentially a data set mm. and it's environmental, social and governance metrics, but it is data about a company mm. and how its policies and practices score. Mm. It's ESG alone is not gonna save the world. It's um, not a values-based yeah. approach. It's really a database approach to help your- um,
0: So it's s- more quantitative.
1: It's more, it's, it's quantitative and it's really Essentially, we think there's a high correlation between ESG and quality. Mm. If you look at uh, market factors, so yeah. it helps you choose, you know, better companies. But if you if you want it, you know, you need to separately overlay a values-based lens, and you need to separately do um, your own research because different um, ESG data providers come up with different answers, different methodologies, different scoring. You know, some will yeah. exclude Tesla from an ESG index, some will include it. You know, you've got to make your own.
0: Yeah. Um, so, so, can we use responsible investing as an umbrella? okay yeah and that. and and so that's now mainstream, yes, yeah, but and, and it's quite interesting in the u s at the moment. there seems to be a lot of media pushing back against responsible investing. Why do you think that's happening?
1: Um, it's very politicized in the u s so um, you know at one extreme we've got President Biden, who has just used his veto for the first time in his presidency um, to veto legislation that would stop ESG being used in um, types of pensions. Mm. Um, and you've, at the other extreme, you've got Elon Musk, who said, you know, ESG has been weaponised. Hmm. So you've got these two um, polar opposites. Um, within that, you've got some states like Texas and Florida that are taking a really hard line against the use of ESG.
0: So, so what, is, is there any factors driving that? Is it, you that? Know, what's behind it?
1: Um, I would say it's largely a f- reflection of the political landscape in the US, and it has drawn down um, political and, lines. And it's very
0: it's, US-centric rather than... Global it hasn't,
1: it hasn't hit New Zealand in the yeah. same way that you sort of, um, you know, regarding ESG as woke extremism. Yeah. Um, in New Zealand, it's regarded as a great way to analyse companies and is choose Is that better a companies. risk for you
0: guys if we got to that stage?
1: Um, well, it look, it's always a risk in, yeah. in terms of how far you push ESG. So I, I would say ESG is a data set to choose better companies. If you want to yeah. overlay, um, you know, social and environmental factors, really push hard on diversity, for example. Yeah on um, climate change from a social perspective that's going beyond the ESG data set that's getting into a values-based set which is entirely legitimate but we've just got to be clear where, you know, where, where the boundaries are.
0: So, so one of the big stories recently in this space was um, the greenwashing case in Australia with Mercers. Yes. What, what do you take out of that and, and, and where's this whole greenwashing thing going to go?
1: Um, what I take out of that is be honest with your investors mm. and um, be fully transparent and, and disclose. So it's it's not just um, ASIC in Australia, it's also, you know, DWS in mm. Germany is mm. at its offices rated. Essentially, um, you know, fund manager investment teams have to be lined up with their marketing teams and the marketing team needs to tell a story that aligns with how the investment is actually happening on the ground.
0: Mm. Does it worry you sometimes that some of the names of some of these funds might be misleading in terms of what they do?
1: Yeah, look, I'd say um, don't don't judge a fund just based on its name. You know, the, the word sustainability, for example, sustainable. So when people talk about sustainable income, some people may look at that and say they mean green, they mean conscious. Mm. Other people may look at it and say sustainable means constant income over a long period of time. So you know, don't just judge a fund. So by its name. so
0: how does an advisor go about working out? You know what of what a fund really is and what how responsible ethical it is
1: yeah well, i think it's really important for advisors to understand um who they're investing in and why and and the investment philosophy the ethical investment approach mm. of different managers you can use mindful money which will just tell you um, some of the harmful things mm. that are included but it doesn't tell you the goods or the engagement mm. That a manager is doing.
0: So, so, is it something that advisors should be spending more time on actually doing their own research, or yes, can uh, they go elsewhere and get it?
1: Um, yes, you can. You, you know, there, there are tools like Morningstar, mm. um, probably can help, um, but ultimately, advisors are going to have to do their own research. Yeah. Um, they're going to have to read like sustainability reports are starting to get published, yeah. um, not just Pathfinder or other managers. Like yeah, no, there's been some good well.
0: sustainability reports, yep. but not everyone's doing them.
1: Not everyone's doing them, but. Yeah you know, ask for that information then. Yeah. Ask for the and, carbon footprint and, of the portfolio. And, 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 or,
0: and read them. And and how about um, responsible investing in the future KiwiSaver? What's your, what's your take there?
1: Um, okay, KiwiSaver at the moment, about 35 providers. Mm. And the good thing about that from my perspective is, or from an investor perspective, is this choice. Yeah. And so you're going to have some managers who care little about responsible investing, and that's entirely, you know, Okay. For some investors, that's what they want. You'll have other managers like us that continually are pushing in that space. Right. Um, the the sort of mainstream um, wants and needs of consumers has shifted away from the end of, I don't care about this stuff, to more, I do care about this stuff. Right. Um, so there is going to be more opportunity for investors in that space, um, more demand from investors, but also the private asset space, I think, is interesting. The you know If we want to have... Um, if we want to invest in, in a way that's impactful on society or the planet, often private assets are the way to do that. And you're seeing a lot of the smaller providers like Pathfinder and our KiwiSaver are mm. uh, investing in smaller companies. And we're not the only ones the ones doing mm. it as well, but not the large providers. And that's what we actually need is the large yes. providers to move into that space. And,
0: and, and just finally, um, advisors, what's, what's their obligations, if you like, to ask their clients about their values and their risk when it comes to you know, working with their clients? you know you have a view on that one
1: yeah look i I would say it goes back to the um code of conduct for Mm. financial advisors and the code of conduct is a principles-based code Mm. but you know my interpretation of the principles-based approach is if you look at um, suitability making sure the client understands what they're investing in um, making sure that there's um fair assumptions used for the advice you're giving you know if, if you don't ask the question do you care about responsible or ethical investing then you're making an assumption they don't care about it yeah. and is that a fair assumption and to that's
0: make? Th- that's something they should be asking and and do you think if they weren't asking that it could end up being ending up in the FADC a, a complaint
1: well i suppose it's it's entirely possible it's um yeah. you know you, you it depends on what the on what the client yeah. what the investor thinks they've um the portfolio of them yeah. put into and, and how the advisor has explained it. It'd
0: be quite interesting, that one, wouldn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Something to watch out for. Look, well, thank you for your time, John. Always good cool. to catch up and thanks for coming into the studio. Nice uh, one. Thanks for having yeah. me, Phil. No, nice all good. Cheers.